Welcome to the culture section for this week. This is John Hulsman doing the last of our Hitchcock retrospectives. And as much as I adore Hitchcock in the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1950s, in the 1960s, I think his work is wildly overrated. I would recommend everything up until now, but the 1960s are where people leave their brains behind and merely go along with something that's been good for a very long time. And I'm going to throw stones at some critical works, while mentioning one in the 1970s, Frenzy, that is still very much worth watching. We'll start, though, with Hitch in the 1960s. Again, the 50s, we have an embarrassment of riches. I named three films. Um, Vertigo, we talked about in great detail. Uh, which was a fantastic, maybe the best Hitchcock movie ever made. Uh, beyond this, we have Rear Window, which is a fantastic Hitchcock movie. In the 40s, we have, we didn't even mention Rebecca, but we talked about Notorious in the 1930s, The Lady Vanishes. These are classic, classic, classic movies in the 50s, again, North by Northwest. And now we come to the 60s, where everybody is on the Hitchcock bandwagon at last, and the films simply aren't as good. Uh, this is an example of cre uh, people being behind the times. They missed Hitchcock coming up and they missed him going down. And from the embarrassment of riches that we had uh, in the 1950s, we go to a paucity of riches in the 1960s when Hitch really does hit the skids. Though he has one brilliant last moment in the 1970s that we'll mention. The first film, which everybody likes but me, is 1960s Psycho. Uh, really the prototype of all horror films to come after. And in it, Phoenix Secretary Marion Crane goes on the lamb after stealing a measly $40,000 from her employer in order to run away with boyfriend Sam Loomis, the bland John Gavin. She stops at the Bates Motel where she meets the polite but highly strung Norman Bates, the interesting Anthony Perkins, and of course, in the course of meeting her, uh, you have the famous shower scene, which is a moment in Hitchcock history that needs to be remembered. And it is a fantastic moment. And much as I really don't much like Psycho, it's boring, it's obvious, it's not terribly interesting. The shower scene is fantastic, one of Hitch's highest moments. And again, it's his restraint, which has been Hitchcock, one of his de defining features all the way along here, is his restraint. And you see the ineffable, the beautiful... Uh, Marion Crane, uh, Janet Lee, the movie star of the time, go into the shower, and without seeing her, the sexuality is portrayed. She's running away with her boyfriend, very racy for 1960s American audiences. She gets naked, though you only see her from the shoulder up, and she, they show her being murdered without her ever being seen. And although you see the knife going, you never actually see her being killed, though millions think you do. It's that well cut back and forth between the cuts the shower, and Janet Lee, And it's a fantastically well-filmed scene. The director technically at the top of his game, but frankly, beyond that, it's pretty boring. You have a tawdry... The only other interesting moment is, is the fact that Janet Lee, who is the movie star of the film, is killed two-thirds two of the way through, and you're left with John Gavin to work it out with Vera Miles, Janet Lee's sister, as to what happens. But frankly, other than that, it's boring. You have the usual psychopathic killer, and Anthony Perkins. You have the mother who's mummified and have been murdered. It's shocking for about three seconds, and that's about it. And that's about all she wrote. I mean, an incredibly boring and an obvious story, other than the great moment of daring do in the shower. 
Uh, why anybody finds this interesting, I don't know. There are better horror films. Black December, I think, is a better slasher film, if you want to go that way. The early Friday the 13th are probably better with Jamie Lee Curtis, if you want to go that way. Um, but it's Hitchcock really taking what he's done to the next level, the nth level, into horror rather than thriller. And it doesn't work because the plot is so incredibly obvious. And so I'm not a huge fan of Psycho. It's okay. But the idea that it's considered one of the better movies ever made or one of Hitch's best movies, I think is people riding on the bandwagon of the 1950s and should be seen as such. Even less good is The Birds in 1963, starring Tippi Hedren and Rod Taylor. Madeline Daniels, Tippi Hedren meets Mitch Bremer, Rod Taylor at a San Francisco pet store. Uh, they get to become allies. They, she gives him birds. And then the birds come out and attack everyone, which to, in terms of the technology is nothing. I mean, we've had Spielberg now, and so the birds attacking is somewhat laughable. And part of that is just the technology of the time. But the other problem is, is the storyline. This is obvious. Again, the birds attacking, it's supposed to be kind of the worst disaster movie ever made in line with, you know, kind of one thinks of the earthquake movies made, the Jaws movies made. The, you know, the, the, the Tower and the Inferno made pretty cheesy kind of movies made that, that Hitchcock is, again, moving toward. He's moving away from thrillers, but with Psycho, he dips his toe in the, in the kind of horror genre. And with The Birds, he dips his toe into the disaster genre. And neither work, because in terms of thrillers, he's the greatest thriller maker ever. In terms of these others, these are just cheesy movies that are done better technologically, without the storyline being any better later. Hedron is his effort to replace Grace Kelly, but she's nowhere near the actress. And Rod Taylor, like John Gavin, is a cardboard cutout of earlier Jimmy Stewart's and Cary Grant's. So this movie is actually laughable. I've had a beer and giggled through it at dinner. Um, it just doesn't work as, a, as either a horror film or a disaster film, and the plot has so many holes in it that it isn't that the birds attacking me will ever make do. It's the sap fact that when I see birds and think of Hitchcock, I think of how incredibly unscary the movie is. Actually, the best of the three that we're going to look at today are, is Marnie, which is a deeply flawed film in 1964, made with Tippi Hedren again, with, with Hitchcock obsessed looking for his Grace Kelly, who's left him, and Sean Connery riding the wave of James Bond, but desperate to do more. Of course, later he goes on to a prolific and wonderful film career after Bond. But during the time, he's looking to get away, do something on the side. And so his character, Mark, encounters Marnie Edgar. And she's been stealing from her former employee employer and now tries to steal for him. And so he blackmails her into marrying him. And the interesting thing about this blackmail scene is that Connery is, in effect, going back to the beginning for Hitchcock, that this is using, in effect, the handcuffs, though here they are only psychological, that were used by Robert Dunat and Madeline Carroll in the 39 Steps that we reviewed back in the 1930s. Here the handcuffs are he can send her to jail whenever he wants to. But on the other hand, he's now tied to a woman who's mentally ill, and she certainly is that. I mean, they talk about the colors going on. Um, she's a kleptomaniac, and she's had this terrible childhood. And so the weakest part of the film is the Freudian kind of psychology, which is obvious and wrong. 
The most interesting part of the film is that he chooses to binding himself to this woman who's mentally ill and then tries to deal with her mental illness as they go. It's a wildly politically incorrect film. It's certainly not one of the best Hitchcocks, but it is interesting in that we go back to the Danette, Madeline Carroll binding. In this case, it's Connery and Tipri Hedren being bound together by blackmail, and she's forced into marrying him and then falling obsessively in love with her. He tries to help her psychologically. And so this is an update, not a good one, an imperfect one on the 39 steps that went before um, but it shows how weak he's been, but it's the best of the three. I mean, again, in Psycho, the most overrated Hitchcock film in 1960, you have the beginnings of the modern horror movement, but they're better films. Um, Bloody December is a better film, the Canadian slasher movie that really started it all. The early Friday the 13th are better. And here you just have the most interesting scene, the wonderful scene in the shower, Janet Lee being killed rather bravely two-thirds of the way through the film, but the rest of it being really nonsense. The Birds, even worse in 1963, comparing the psychological damage done to people by dating and a horror movie stroke disaster movie, which is neither horrorful nor a disaster, with Rod Taylor, who's incredibly anodyne, and Tippi Hedren. And though the best is probably the flawed disaster of Marnie in 1964, where they're bound together through obsessive love, in line with Vertigo, but also through the handcuff of blackmail, linking it back to Robert Dinat and Madeline Carroll, but with a very weak Freudian psychology that is not only politically incorrect, I really don't care about that on the left, but doesn't work very well. But Hitchcock had one more quiver in his bow, and we won't do Hitchcock in the 1970s because he didn't do enough worthy of it, but if the 1950s were the apogee of Hitchcock, I'd say the 1960s are where it really does bottom out. But Frenzy in 1972 is an interesting departure from Hitchcock because it's everything he's not been up to now. In effect, Hitchcock gives way to New Hollywood and is gratuitous. He shows every scene, every murder scene, a rape scene is shown. It's not Hitchcock's famous restraint. It's him jumping in with the New Hollywood directors. Scorsese, Coppola at all, and showing everything that might be out there. And Hitchcock actually does this very well, though deserting his entire creed. Frenzy is not certainly a general part of the oeuvre, but I think works brilliantly because you have, again, a man who is accused of murder he hasn't committed, a rather disagreeable leading man who learns about his flaws along the way, and a Jack the Ripper type character going back to London, from Hitchcock's background. All of this makes Frenzy a very good, very interesting, very different Hitchcock movie, his last significant movie in 1972. So the glory of the story is after the failures of the 1960s, and I think, again, Psycho, the most overrated Hitchcock film, The Birds, perhaps the worst of the Hitchcock films that we've looked at, and then Marnie, an interesting failure. In Frenzy in 1972, you have a very interesting departure where Hitchcock gives way to New Hollywood, shows everything, but does so with his still stylistic panache. And the film going back to London, where Hitchcock started with, actually works very, very well and is a fine movie. And so adding this up, the thing about Hitchcock to remember as we leave him is that he's the Babe Ruth, the Hank Aaron of movie producers. And by that, I mean Hitchcock has lasted the length of time. And it was, isn't, isn't like Jimmy Fox, the home run hitter, 
for Philadelphia Athletics in the 1930s, who has three or four fantastic years and then nothing. Hitchcock has been significant from the 1930s to the 1970s. No one has a track record like this. And for all that there's a dip in the 1960s, the thing to remember about Hitchcock is that for 40 years he mattered. May my writing last nearly as long. Hope you've enjoyed our march through for the culture through Hitchcock through the ages and through the decades. And here we finish with the bottoming out in the 1960s and finishing with Frenzy, the great 1972 film. I hope you've enjoyed this. We will go on to look at other things in the culture, other movie things uh, as we go, as I, as I take you around where Benjamin and I, my son, have been traveling for movies, probably next to the spaghetti westerns of Sergio Leone and the career of Leone in general, which I think is probably well worth looking at. And so we'll do that next. For those of you who've enjoyed this, please do give. So in terms of subscriptions, again, we have doubled our subscriptions just the last month off of Ukraine, and we're very grateful that we're now a full-time little local newspaper to the world. But what we really ask is that you give $70 a year, $7 a month. It's just half an espresso, $70 a year, and we can do this and devote all our resources to doing the Ukrainian vlog on Monday, the culture on Tuesday, around the world in 20 minutes, our look at global politics on Wednesday, JL Writer, my great friend and colleague, looking at the society on Thursday, or Publius looking at the politics on Friday. If you've enjoyed any of these, please do give a mere $70 a year, $7 a month, half an espresso, and we will keep them coming. Thanks ever so much, and on to the next.